Welcome to Healthcare Highwire, where we balance business with healthcare. Sandy has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our life plan communities. Today's host, Sandy Toole. Jennifer is the ANCC Accredited Provider Program Director and Mock Surveyor in the Health Services Division at LCS. She oversees the Life Care Services Accredited Provider Unit, which plans, develops, and executes ANCC Accredited Nursing Continuing Professional Development Education. Today's speaker, Jennifer Williams-Land. Hello, everyone, and today we're going to discuss the new Phase 3 requirements of participation. I am Sandy Toole, and I am joined by my colleague, Jennifer Williams-Lamb. As a reminder, Phase 3 went into effect in 2019 with no surveyor interpretive guidance. Then, on June 29th of this year, CMS released the surveyor guidance uh, with implementation timeline to begin on October 24th, 2022, just right around the corner. Our goal is to help you understand each of these changes and how you can best be prepared. Each podcast will showcase one of the changes taking place, and today we're talking about the physical environment. Hello, Jennifer, and thank you for being here. Hey, Sandy. Thank you for having me here and um, being here with your listeners. Um, We are here to help everyone um, who may have questions about those Phase 3 ROP changes, and together we're going to work through each area and have a better understanding and preparation for the October 24th, 2022 deadline. That sounds great. Uh, Would you like to give just a quick recap for our listeners as to what they can expect from this new series? Yes. um, Each podcast covers one of the 14 areas with phase three changes. We will utilize information provided to us from CMS, ACA, and Leading Age. And as always, we reference the State Operations Manual, Appendix PP, to provide you with the same information that your state surveyors use when they come in to do the state survey. So you have the actual playbook. Um, I would advise that you download the SOM and follow along to get the most complete information. That is a great piece of advice, downloading that SOM. I have it right on my desktop, and I reference that Bible at least once a day. So great tip there. So as we've said, today we're going to discuss the physical environment changes, and this is FTAG 919. Well, Jen, I know you will agree at LCS, we have so many beautiful communities with just incredible physical environments. So hopefully we won't need to do too much here, but uh, without further ado, Jen, can you just (laughs) tell us about the revisions? I can. Um, F919 states that the facility must be adequately equipped to allow residents to call for staff assistance through a communication system, which relays the call directly to a staff member or a centralized staff work area from each resident's bedside and the toilet and bathing facilities. The communication can be through visual or audible signals and can be a wireless system as well. And as you pointed out, we do have some uh, beautiful facilities and they definitely have very nice communication systems set up. Yeah, I I think that's true. I don't think this is going to be a big deal for Mm -hmm. uh, most of our communities. But how do you think this has changed the guidelines for the surveyors then? 
Well, the new guidance for F-919 states that the requirements are met if all of the por- if all of the portions of the communication system are working. So, in other words, it can't be turned off, they can't have the volume down, the lights have to be working, and they cannot have no staff working in the workstation if that's where the centralized um, communication hub happens to be. So, there has to be staff there. For wireless systems, compliance is met only if the staff who answer the resident calls have actual working functioning devices and they're answering them. So the call system must be accessible to residents while they're in their bed or in whatever sleeping accommodation the resident chooses. So some residents actually choose to sleep in their recliners, and that's fine as long as the um, call light is accessible to that resident. The call system must also be accessible to the resident in each toilet and bath or shower space. The call system should be accessible to the resident lying on the floor. Now, Sandy, I know that there have been questions regarding this last point about accessibility to residents who are on the floor. Have you heard of any updates or clarifications to that? I hate it that you're asking me that. Darn it. Uh <laughs> This is just such a crazy thing. And so far, we don't have any clarifications on this point. Um, A reasonable person would assume that if a resident falls somewhere in the facility and is lying on the floor, access to a call light would not always be possible, Um, of course, if they fall in the hallway or if they fall in the dining room and they are, quote unquote, on the floor, a call light might not be there. So, I like to just say the key word there is fall or accident or um, unusual event of some sort. But as it stands today, it is still up to surveyor interpretation. Uh, So that leaves a bit of a big uh, black hole for someone to fall into. I know our industry associations have reached out for additional clarification on this one, and I'm really hoping they come up with something before that October deadline. Well, Jen, what are we going to be able to do to help the communities get into compliance with these revisions? Well, as with the other areas that we have um, discussed, we have action item checklists and guidance forms for each of the new areas. So for physical environment, the following action items will assist you in survey readiness. You can start by evaluating your call system and identify any weaknesses where there may be a breakdown in that system. For example, are all call systems functional in each room? If there are lights, are any of them burnt out? Is the volume up where staff can hear it? If the system is wireless, does the staff have access to working equipment? And do they answer the residents timely? So we just need to develop a process to routinely check the system and make sure that we don't have any weaknesses um, where that is involved. As we stated earlier, uh, we are here to provide the most up-to-date information and to provide tools to assist you. The guidance forms with the action uh, item list will get you ready prior to the October 24, 2022 deadline and beyond. This is great information and a really good start to understanding those changes with our physical environment. Um, As we've mentioned previously, uh, if we learn more or if CMS makes any additional revisions to these regulations, we will continue to provide that information either through the podcasts, webinars, or um, of course, through our email reminders. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this continuing series of podcasts outlining the changes and guidance for the phase three requirements of participation. I sincerely hope you're finding this discussion to be beneficial and look forward to you joining us next time as we continue this discussion. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I look forward to our next discussion. I look forward to it too. Thank you so much, Sandy, for having me. This is Sandy Toole and Jennifer Williams-Lamb signing off, and I hope you'll join us again next time on Healthcare Highlighters.